Everything you do is making an impact in this world. This is not an elitist issue. This is a quality of life issue. How dare you? And I feel like it's my responsibility as a human being. So what? The world is at stake. You're listening to Eco Chic, a podcast about climate, sustainability, and eco-conscious lifestyles. What, like it's hard? Hello, hello. Welcome back to Eco Chic. I hope you're doing well. My name is Laura Diaz, and it's great to have you here today. We have a call-in episode today, a Chic Chats episode, and these are my favorite kinds of episodes. If you're new around here, I always say that, and it's because it's the opportunity for you, the listeners, the audience, to really take part in this conversation because podcasts, again, I always say this, podcasts are very inherently personal. It's you listening to someone in your ear, and I really want to make sure that this is a community and a dialogue as much as possible. So these call-in episodes allow us to hear from one another and hear about different perspectives and bring new ideas to the table, new ideas to the conversation. So they're my favorite kinds of episodes. And I'm excited because today's is a topic that I really didn't anticipate ever covering on Eco Chic. Today we're talking about religion and religion, especially in the context of the climate conversation. A couple of weeks ago, probably about a month ago at this point, I asked on Instagram what you would like the next call-in episode to be about, and I was very surprised with the overwhelming amount of responses that said religion, because again, this is something that I never really thought that we would cover on the show, and religion seems to be a point of personality, a point of values, a point of identity that is interestingly paralleled with the climate conversation. I will go ahead and say that I am not a religious person right now. I grew up moderately religious, I would say, in a Catholic household where I went to CCD classes and I was confirmed to the Catholic Church when I was 12, but moving forward, I really did not practice religion. I don't practice religion now. I always make this joke that I learned a lot about religion actually from art history classes in college, so I am aware of religion. I am very comfortable speaking about it from a more theoretical standpoint, but I don't find myself in a lot of religious spaces. I don't find myself having a lot of religious conversations in general. However, I know that's not the norm. I know a lot of people find themselves in those spaces and in those communities. And when you're talking about religion and when you are bringing up something like climate change or perhaps a topic that's a little bit more political, whatever it may be, you don't always know how your community is supposed to react or is going to react. So the three listeners that we hear from today all have very different experiences and perspectives that they're going to share about the intersection of religion and the climate conversation. I'm really excited because, of course, there is some similar underlying themes, but each conversation is so different, and I learned so much from each of these women. And whether or not you yourself are religious, I think that this is an awesome conversation because, like I said, I learned a lot, and I think that it is just generally a good value system to understand how to speak to people about the climate conversation when they're not necessarily the most vocal in their support, or thinking about values like compassion and empathy that you should have whether or not you are religious. So again, like I said, there's a lot of tidbits of this episode that I think are very helpful whether or not you are religious, but in the religious context, I learned a whole lot. Our first speaker is Lizzie. She talks a little bit about religious spaces and approaching conversations with denialists. And then we're hearing from Anne, who speaks about bigger attributes like just caring for others, bigger picture values and morals that you should carry with yourself. 
And lastly, we are closing off with a conversation with Olivia. She talks about the Catholic Church and this institutional support for environmentalism, and she shares a lot of interesting information and data and just good points to drive it all home. So yes, like I mentioned, everyone speaks about similar things, but also very different things. So all around a great group of conversations you're going to hear. And I also want to say, before we get too deep into it, I did speak with everyone before we started recording, just chatted a little bit about what their goals were for the conversation, because when I go into these Chic Shots episodes, I don't really have any formal questions written out. I ask everyone their age and where they're calling in from, just to give some context for the listeners, and then we just get into whatever aspect of the conversation they're interested in talking about. So, and this goes across the board with all of the call-in episodes that I've hosted in the past. So if there is anything that they're particularly interested in sharing with everyone, sharing with the audience, I want to drive the conversation there. But again, these are pretty unscripted and pretty informal. So if there is a point where you hear a question that is particularly leading, I hope that you don't understand that as me generalizing religion or me putting my own thoughts into the other person's mouth. It's really just leading the conversation with things we've already touched on and just encouraging the flow of ideas. So I want to put that out there. At no point do I want to come across as generalizing religions or putting my own spin on other people's religious experiences because that's obviously not what I want to do. And I also want to say that all of the listeners we're hearing from today do fall into Christian religions, and I wish that I had a more diverse cast of religions to share with y'all, but that's just the way it worked out based on who responded to my calls for interviews and who could make it work. So I hope that's okay. I do want to touch on other religions and make sure that we are highlighting as many diverse voices as possible. And the next call-in episode will perhaps give the opportunity for that. I'm interested in the next call-in episode to be on the topic of sustainability practices and culture, things that you learned from your culture, from your family, that are inherently sustainable practices, though they may not be branded that way or in the mainstream media being presented as culturally accepted things. So I will go ahead and give my example now. The one that I'm thinking of is my grandmother, my abuela, always had a tin of butter cookies. It was like this tin. I feel like everyone in the Hispanic community has this idea, but it's like this tin of butter cookies. And when you would open it up as a child, I was so excited that it was a tin of cookies, but it was actually always full of sewing supplies. And is that not the most reduce, reuse, recycle that you've ever heard of? I mean, that was the OG reduce, reuse, recycle, use what you have So I'm thinking of things like that, things that you learned culturally as just good practices when it comes to sustainability, how to really take care of yourself and leave less of an impact on the earth with everything you do. So if you have a similar story or idea that you'd like to share, please reach out to me. My email is always in the show notes, or you can reach out to me on Instagram. That's typically the easiest way. And Instagram is at Podcast. All of my links, like I mentioned, are in the show notes, so my personal Instagram page, Twitter, Facebook, all of that good stuff, totallyecochic.com, all of that you can find in the show notes. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, you can rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and you can subscribe to EcoChic wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. So with that, let's get into our conversation discussing religion and climate change with Lizzie, Anne, and Olivia. Thank you to our speakers for joining me and just enlightening us all. And then thanks to you for tuning in. I hope you enjoy. Lizzie, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. I am hoping that you can first share your age and where you're calling in from. I am 20 years old and I'm calling in from Iowa. 
Okay, awesome. Well, thank you, Lizzie. So let's talk a little bit about religion and the climate conversation. You mentioned to me that you go to a Christian university and you find these topics kind of mixed in, in conversation quite frequently in your life. So I'd love to hear a little bit about what that experience is like, what those conversations are like. Well, for me personally, I feel like climate and Christianity merge so well together. Okay, I'm going to speak on my personal religion. I'm Christian. So when I refer to like God, I'm talking about my own, the one that I believe in. So there's that. But I feel like they merge so well together because our God created this earth, not for us to destroy it, but for us to maintain it and to keep it the way that he intended it to be. So it just makes sense to treat it with respect, the same respect that you would like treat other people, you would treat your own property. So when people go around like not doing that, it doesn't make sense to me. Right, right. And do you feel as though you come across a lot of denialist conversations in the Christian space when you bring up climate science? All the time. Okay, tell um, me about those. Yeah, when I would try to explain to my dad even that like using reusable bags instead of plastic grocery bags, it was like everyone is doing it. So like what's one person, like what difference is one person going to make? And if I bring up CO2 emissions, it's more along the lines of God wouldn't allow our earth to suffer the way that people seem to think it is. But in my opinion, and like what I have learned throughout my experience in Christianity is that our consequences have actions. Like no matter how loving our God is, he is also a just God. And so there are consequences for actions and our earth is suffering the consequences of us as humans actions. Interesting. That's a good way to look at it. I mean, I think the idea of consequences is something that everyone can get behind, religious or otherwise. And do you feel as though these these conversations that you have where the other person is not particularly receptive to the climate conversation, do you feel like they're ever confrontational? Do you ever have a hard time navigating those arguments? There comes a point where I just kind of draw back because if you're talking to a brick wall, Mm -hmm. I just feel like the energy isn't worth it. Like if they're not going to listen, no matter how much you talk, then you're just wasting your breath. So yeah. not, I don't personally continue to try to have those conversations. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's like with anyone, Christian or otherwise. And then yeah. on the flip side, because you are able to understand the, you know, the value again of treating the earth right and treating it as you would any other home or property, do you feel as though the Christian community is embracing climate change and climate solutions and just that entire environmental conversation? I feel like there are some, I hate to use the term progressive Christians because it gets a bad rep, but there are some quote unquote progressive Christians who are very in tune with climate science and do pay attention to it. And 
so there are some, but I feel like for the most part, it's not really, I feel like a majority of Christians have the mentality of, I'm not going to be here when that happens. So it's okay. Got it. That's really interesting. And also yeah. really sad. That's yeah. Really sad. Yeah. I know you mentioned that you had a list of things that you wanted to talk about. Yes. So one of the arguments that one of my friends had against using plastic water bottles, she would drink plastic water bottles like for a day at least. So I suggested she get a reusable water bottle and just fill it up during the day. And she turned me down. Her argument for plastic was that a few years ago, scientists were all about saving the trees and not using stuff that was made out of wood. And now they're saying not to use stuff made out of plastic. She had said that they're just trying to push whatever agenda they have and that it wasn't real, basically. And what I had told her is that more information causes concerns to shift. So as scientists learn new information, obviously, like, the concerns are going to change. Even with coronavirus, like, at first, Dr. Fauci said not to wear masks unless you're sick. And as they learned more about it, it was wear masks, wear masks, wear masks. So it goes with anything, not just climate change. And I don't understand why sometimes, like, they only use that argument for one topic when it's the same way with so many things. Does that make yeah, sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. That makes sense. And it's also, I mean, it's good to relate it to something that actually has nothing to do with religion, coronavirus. And when you're able to say, oh, the scientists are changing their mind, or why didn't they say this X amount of years ago, or whatever it may be, it's easy to make those arguments when you don't have the information in front of you. And I also feel as though, even in the Christian community, I spoke to someone yesterday who brought up the Pope and the idea that the Pope comes out and says that climate change is real and he's advocating for climate justice. Um, which I think is quite important. So to see just someone that you look up to advocating mm -hmm. for it, to see the Christian community accepting climate change and discussing it more openly, it really is so community-oriented. Christians are very community-oriented when you think about a church, when you think about oh, yeah. the, Sunday school. the Sunday schools, the CCDs of it all. Like, it's so community-oriented. And if you were able to bring the climate conversation into those spaces, I feel like it would be so powerful. Yeah. My two yeah. cents. Do you feel as though the Christian identity and the climate identity are not necessarily compatible? Do you feel like you talking about climate change as a Christian is a little taboo or a little strange or anything along those lines? Overall, yes, I would think so. But like going to school in Florida, I feel like there are a lot of a lot more people who think the same way I do on these topics. So it's good to like you said, have a community where our ideals kind of align. But generally speaking, yes, I feel like it is taboo to be so like eco-conscious, but so into my faith. Cool. Cool. And I also feel like if you are bringing up climate change in these religious spaces, you must have an idea of how to do it. And if you were giving advice to someone to say, here's your opportunity to talk about climate change in your church group, or in this other otherwise religious space, how would you go about that? This one requires some thinking. 
yeah, no, you take your time, please. Because it's kind of a heavy conversation. If, um, like if someone was just to say, oh, wow, like you already do it so well, like, how do I do it? I feel like a lot of my conversations lately have been happening over Instagram because I've been posting a lot of stuff like on my stories, like sharing posts on my stories. So other people have slid up and made arguments against what I post. So then in that sense, they are starting the conversation. But conversations that I start, the few that I have had with like close friends of mine, it has started because my friends know where I stand on it. So they've been interested in hearing what I have to say and putting the two together with people that I'm not so close with. It's more like, hey, did you know that God created this earth? Not for us to destroy it. I guess it seems so simple when we're talking about and just saying like, oh, if you're going to talk about climate change, just make it really obvious. Just say God doesn't want you to destroy the earth. But sometimes it's confrontational and sometimes people feel as though it's some sort of, you know, I don't want to use the word attack, but some sort of attack on their beliefs and pretty unfortunate. It's pretty unfortunate that those conversations have to be framed like arguments. Right. But that's how a lot of things are nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite unfortunate. So I guess to sum it all up, if you were to give the advice to someone of how to talk about climate change in religious circles, would you just say start with your friends? Like just start small, start with that immediate circle. Yeah. Start with someone that you're comfortable having those tougher conversations with someone that you know that like if you were to say something that they didn't agree with they're not gonna get mad at you so start yeah start close and you when you get more comfortable with having those conversations then you can you'll feel more comfortable to have them with other people that you don't know as well awesome awesome well thanks for sharing that I have to say something Lizzie, like, I love how casual you are about the religious side of this conversation, because at the end of the day, it's just a part of your values and a part of who you are as a person. It's not so much like, I need to talk about climate change in in church. It's like, these are how I've formulated my decisions. And it just so happens to be that those are Christian ideals. I wouldn't say that I place any certain value over another. Like, I'm climate conscious, I'm a Christian, I'm vegan, I like Disney, like everything, they're all just a part of who I am. No one is more important than the other. Yeah, I love that. Anne, thank you for joining me on the show today. I'm excited. Let's start off just telling listeners your age and where you are calling in from. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm 18 and I'm calling in from Alberta, Canada. Awesome. Well, thank you, Anne. So let's talk a little bit about religion and climate and that intersection. So could you give a little bit of an insight on your experiences, your general understanding of that intersection between religion and the climate conversation? Yeah, for sure. So I guess I could just start saying I'm a Christian. That's probably helpful for people to know. But I think the biggest thing that kind of intersects the two is God, who I believe in and many others do, or another higher power. Many religions like believe in a creation and things like that. He created the earth for us because he loves us and he wants us to keep it clean and safe for him. 
I think it's kind of like a home. Like if you have made your home all clean, you don't want someone coming in and to go live there for a little bit. And then you come back and it's not as beautiful as it was when you left it. I think that's like the first thing. He loves us and he loves his earth. So why wouldn't we show it that same love? Do you feel as though you encounter a lot of situations in which people are saying things along the lines of like, oh, well, if climate change was real, like God wouldn't let this happen to us or God wouldn't let this get as bad as we think it is or those kind of denialist conversations? Well, yeah. And something similar to that is like in my religion, we believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ. So a lot of the things I hear is like, well, Jesus is just going to come and fix everything. Then why would we worry about taking care of it? So that's kind of the same mentality of like, why does it matter if, if it's not really our problem, if it's God's problem, that kind of sort of attitude, I guess. I think when you're looking at it that way, it kind of takes away, well, like I said before, God made this earth for us. So I think he gave it to us as stewards. So we're supposed to, we're not owners of it, we're stewards of it. And so we're supposed to look after it and keep it beautiful. And Another thing I think is a lot of Christian attributes that people associate with Christianity and just general good nature in humans is kindness and compassion for like other people. But when you're kind and compassionate to the earth, then that's also being kind and compassionate to other people. Because when you're protecting like minorities, for example, garment workers, if you're protecting them, you're in turn helping solve the problem of like fast fashion. So I think it kind of all ties together. It's not just about, it's not just about the earth just getting dirty and being like, oh, well, it'll be fixed. It's about showing what we do with our time here and showing that we're being kind to everything, every living thing around us. I think that's a really sweet sentiment. I think the idea of sustainability principles inherently being Christian principles is a really good way to navigate that intersection because you're right in saying that you want to be kind and you want to be compassionate. And when you're thinking about that in the environmental sense, it's about the garment workers. It's about how we're treating our physical environment. It's how we are navigating, even from an economic perspective, if we want to be good to people, we want to make sure that we're not dumping toxic waste into areas or giving people products that are particularly harmful to their health. Like all of that is about compassion and empathy and really being able to say, these are the values that I'm leading my life with, and that's how I'm going to be leading my choices. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you want to be, truly show your kindness and your good nature to everyone, it doesn't make sense for it to be just in one area. Because when you think about it, everything connects. Us as humans are dependent on the earth, and we have all these resources to use, but if we're not using them selflessly, and we're using them selfishly, then it doesn't reflect on our good nature that we're trying to show. Yeah, that's great. Do you feel as though you have this conversation often about the intersection of climate change and religion? Do you feel as though the Christian community is actively speaking about these issues? I haven't had tons of conversations about it, no, but I feel like it's not a something that's brought up as much in the Christian community. It's not something that's talked about as much, but it's definitely something that if you look at it through a Christian perspective, I think it could come up a lot more, but it's not something that people think about, I don't think. It doesn't really, 
when you're thinking about just a normal Christian per se, or the Christian community, you don't usually think of them as big climate activists, but you could think of them as like kindness activists. And that kind of is, can be the same thing. I think if we look at it as one thing instead of a bunch of different issues, it's a lot easier for them to intersect the conversations. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to look about it. It's very big picture. And I think at the end of the day, that's really the goal of religion, not just Christianity, but religion as a whole. It's supposed to be a set of values that you're making decisions based on when you're interacting with all these other crises in your life. And climate change could be another crisis that you are applying these morals of empathy and kindness and compassion. So I think that's a really good way to look at it. Very big picture. Yeah. And I think another thing that's important is when you're talking about religion and the climate conversation, it kind of gives everyone in all cultures a common ground because most cultures and religions of the earth, they view the earth as sacred and as something that's very important. There's lots of cultures that view the human soul as very connected to the earth. I was reading a statement that my church put out, the state of the human soul and the environment are interconnected. And I think that gives a common ground because love and connection to the earth is a commonality between many cultures and religions. It gives everyone kind of a community to come to and something for everyone to work towards. Instead of separate communities coming at it at different angles, it gives us all a common goal to protect what we have together. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Well, thank you for sharing that. And before I let you go, was there anything that you really wanted to touch on that we didn't get to today? I guess one thing else I want to mention is, maybe I kind of touched on this before, but I think as the conversation of climate is moving a lot towards like intersectional environmentalism, I think religion can apply to that a lot as well. Because when you think about taking care of the people and taking care of the earth, then you're looking out for minority or like when we're talking about Black Lives Matter and how there's many communities who people of color who are disproportionately affected by pollution and climate change. The good Christian thing to do is to help those people. And so to help those people, you need to be involved in helping keep the earth clean. I guess the main thing is it all kind of ties together and can help us become more focused on being kind to the earth and our fellow humans. (laughs) Olivia, welcome to the show. I'm excited to get into it. Before we get started, can you tell everyone your age and where you're calling in from? I am 20 and I'm calling in from St. Louis, Missouri. Great. I'm excited to chat with you a little bit about religion and the climate conversation and particularly in your case, Catholicism and that environmental experience that you have. So tell me a little bit about it. One of my favorite things to do that relates to the environment and my faith is just walking or biking to mass, so my church service, and knowing that I don't really contribute to like the air pollution of a car. Your car gives off so much pollution, which kills 7 million people a year. And as a Catholic, I call myself pro-life, and I don't see how knowing that I am contributing to like all these people's like sickness or death, I can't do that. And also like driving my car also like beats the instant gratification rather than like biking. Also like as Catholics, some people, like I'm trying to live more in the silence of 
my life rather than like how we fill up our life with music. I love listening to podcasts, but like just filling up the voids in our life. But when I'm biking, I just kind of appreciate the nature around me of like the dandelions and the sidewalks or like the branches that like go over my helmet and just like take in the extra time that it takes to go someplace. But also like the pollution is kind of like brought into the conversation of Catholicism or like being a Christian because environmental sin is becoming more popular. Like the topic, Pope Francis gave out this encyclical, which an encyclical is um, something that popes can only give out and it's for anyone to read. So it's not like he writes it for the public. He doesn't write it for all the Catholics. He doesn't write it for all the Christians. He writes it for everyone. And it's all about the environment and the environmental sin, which environmental sin is anything from like deforestation to pollution. So anything that's like not really good for the environment. And as a Catholic, we believe that Jesus will come back and renew everything, but he will not like only renew us, but our like our body, our soul, but he'll also renew the earth we live on. And he's not going to make a new earth. He's just going to like revamp it up a little. And so that means that just like we should take care of our body, our soul, we should also take care of the earth. We share the earth. It doesn't like affect us. It affects like the people all the way across the country. And right now it's kind of cool. Seminarians are guys who are um, going to become priests. Like they're studying. Like they don't have to be like one in seven seminarians actually become a priest. It's just like a crazy. Wow. I didn't know that. One um, in seven is quite low. Yeah. Just like the odds. There's some courses that are learning about like climate change and biodiversity and ecology and prayer. And like, there's now like these green parishes that like are composting and really good for recycling and they donate to rebuild forests. You have to like really dig deep to find all that resources. And there is a whole report, the Ecology Informed Theology Education Report. It's not only about Christians, how we educate people, but it's every religion, which is kind of cool. That is really cool. Also, by the way, I would have never known about green parishes. I think that's so interesting. Thanks for noting that. No, that's really cool. I think in New York or something, I don't remember the exact state, but like up in that area. That's, that's really cool. Cool. So you were saying theology and ecology seem to inform each other. Mm-hmm. In the Bible, God is a gardener and he is not like a farmer, which we have to like know the difference between that because a farmer just like reaps and he just like uses the land. But a gardener takes the time, loves the plants, he tends to it and he builds onto it. So this is what we should do to the environment too. He's teaching us to be gardeners rather than farmers. And there's so many saints. So we believe a saint is someone who's in heaven. A couple of popular saints is St. Francis of Assisi and St. Katria. And both of these saints are patron saints of like nature of environmentalism. And a patron saint is someone that is just like their passion. Yeah. And there's patron saints for, for almost everything. You know, there's mm-hmm. a patron saint of veterinarians, a patron saint of nurses, a patron saint of whatever it may be. Yes, exactly. So, um, but one of my favorite Catholic environmentalists is Sister Dorothy Stang. She's not a saint, but 
I would totally recommend like learning about her if anyone's Catholic or if anything or anyone. But it's cool because she um, revolutionized the farming and the deforestation of the rainforest in Brazil. And she was really trying to dignify all the small farmers, all the people who were like living in the poor, like the poorest of the poor, that's where she wanted to go. And how that how they could provide food for their families and stuff. She was murdered for like the standing up of like the environment and stuff. People say that we have to like eat meat and stuff, but there's like this order of monks and so many other people who con- who like legit consecrate themselves so they take a vow to be vegan. Oh wow. Which is kind of cool. That I is really cool. I was like looking up Googling stuff just for my own interest and stuff and see how many Christians by eating vegan or eating vegetarian actually brings them closer to God. It's kind of cool. That is really cool. It's also interesting to think that you mentioned some people do say, oh, we do have to eat meat. We do have to do these things. And when you're putting your choices in that religious context, you can say, okay, well, who are the people that I already feel are living as godly as they can or people who are living their values as truly as they can how do i apply that to myself and to see these people actively participating in veganism or composting or green parishes or whatever it is it's a lot easier to say okay like the values that i have are being reflected in these people who are supposed to be leading our beliefs or leading our faith mm-hmm. yeah if you can't tell my big passions it's like talking about sustainability or my faith especially for me, one cannot be without the other, like they're inseparable. And being Catholic, you have to be pro-environment. Like you just have to be. And it's like, if you're not, it's like taking out your eyeball, like it works, like you can see, but like, can you still see the same? (laughs) That's awful. (laughs) But like, it's visual, like there's people who like, you're missing something greater. And and that's why I feel like if we're not pro-environment. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I would love to touch on the idea of climate denialism in the religious community, because you mentioned to me before we started recording that you are quite involved in your local church, and you go to a parish at school, and you're part of a local Catholic organization. And I'm curious to know how you navigate those climate conversations, if you are so actively participating in sustainability conversations, if you like to talk about sustainability and climate and environmentalism, do you ever feel like you're put in an argument not anticipating it? Or do people ever press you for why you believe in certain environmental principles? Do you, do you feel like you get in, in kind of controversial situations? I honestly don't think so. Like more at my house, a big like hunting stuff and fishing, big community where I live, that's where I find it more than with my religion because it's more of like a conversation, not like confrontation. Because if you do have a conversation with them and I like to be really well read on not only my side, but on other people's side. So I want to know why they think that so I can better my argument, not like argument, but like my representation and my education on it. So I can give them an accurate description on why they should maybe think differently once or twice rather than like changing their whole life around. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. And I also think it's really cool that you want to be informed about both sides because I feel like in other spaces, 
like I immediately think of political spaces where you only want to be on the right side, quote unquote, like, you know, not right or left, but like the side that you most agree with. And in the religious conversation, when you do have this just general understanding of compassion, when you're going into these conversations, it's a lot more powerful and you can actually get somewhere if someone doesn't necessarily see your point. A lot of retreat centers are like out in nature. So many people are like, oh, like I found God. I learned, like I grew my faith. But also they contribute that to being out in nature, to being out on hikes and like praying without their hike and all of this. So you can just like ask them that too, because people value nature. It's just how they value it might be a little different. Okay, well, that was an awesome note to end off on. I really do feel like you are such a wealth of knowledge, and it seems like you navigate this intersection of religion and climate and religion and environmentalism quite frequently. So I appreciate you joining me. Thank you for having me. Thank you. That's all for today's episode of Eco Chic. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you've made it this far, don't forget to rate and review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All of my links are in the show notes, especially if you're interested in speaking on the next episode of Chic Chats about cultural sustainability practices. I'm really looking forward to hearing your stories for that one as well. So I hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.